0: Get more push out of your tush? Check. Train the cankle muscles? Check. What's left? Programming. Application. The win of strength training. Welcome back to the Omega Sports Learn to Run podcast. My name is Dr. Matt Minard. I'm a huge nerd. And I am honored to be your host. If you are new, welcome. Here's how it works. You vote, I create. You pick the topic, and for two weeks, a fortnight, I create all my social media content around that topic. If you are a regular, welcome back. I am blown away by how many people have been tuning in and listening from around the world. Fun fact, I start uploading this podcast, the videos, to my YouTube. That way I can include visual examples to the verbal instructions that I'm talking about. we got part three of three of strength training for running episode one of this series was all about the hip we kind of worked our way down all about the hip here we go hip we talked about the king of the glutes the tush we talked about the queen of the glutes the glute mead we talked about the hip flexors and how i don't recommend strengthening those last episode i talked about the knee and the ankle the cankle team cankle We talked about their their business, their mission statement is providing cushion, always, they're, they're, they're big on that, always, always providing cushion for the tush pushing, but upon request, they will work overtime for hills. That was the quads and the calves. This one, the main focus is we're talking all about programming. We've talked about how to train the muscles like we use them with running. We talked about how to train them more, and now we're talking about when. When do we strengthen? When do we do these exercises? Of this topic, programming, there's three main points that we're going to go over. The first one is in-season versus off-season, and what the focus of the strength training should be, and what it should look like in-season versus off-season. We're then going to get into when to train the queen, the king, and the cankle. The three separate muscle groups, the queen, the king, and the cankle. The main focus, the big bang for your buck, the meat and potatoes, if you will, and if you won't, if you don't like meat, that's okay, this is it. We're going to talk about double dipping by using cross training and strength training at the same time. And we'll get into what that is and what that means. Without further ado, you know, I always like to lay a little foundation, a little groundwork. That way we can all be on the same page. One particular thing I want to talk about before we go into the first topic is when we strength train, what happens? What actually happens when we strength train and we resistance train a muscle? There's, this is important because this is going to have an implication on the clinical reasoning of why and when we do what we do. Here it is. We temporarily damage muscle tissue. We temporarily damage muscle tissue. and I've talked before about you know, what causes fatigue when you, while you're running, when you hit that wall. We talk about lactic acid is what produces fatigue in the moment, but when it comes to strength training, it's been long debunked that it's not lactic acid that causes that soreness that next day, that day afterwards. It's They've done studies they show it's all these fancy little particles, these enzymes in our body. bradykinin, cytokine, substance P, bradykinin. It's basically when we're sore, when we train, that next day and even the day after, we're sore. Our muscles, we just did a bunch of squats, we haven't squatted in a while, and you're going up and down from the toilet, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? What happened to me? And it can be so uncomfortable to the point of pain sometimes, but in your mind, you know, oh yeah, this is why you accept it. And this means you're going to be getting stronger. The key is recovery. With all this, we, we break down the, t- the tissue, we allow tissue adaptation, recovering, and we get the benefits. But the key where the magic happens is during the recovery. And so why this is important is when we're talking about strength training, we're talking about running. If we know we're going to be breaking down muscle tissue, we want to be strategic about when we choose to do that in relationship to our running. Let's get into the first point. In-season versus off-season, what does that mean and what should the focus be? So what I mean by in-season is when you are actively involved in a structured training program could be 12 weeks could be 10 weeks could be eight weeks if you are in a program you have a race on the books that's considered in season off season is the time between between races between those times of the year where you may have other things going on with your life and you're not yet starting that structured training program and so when we think about it what should the focus be if we're in season versus off-season when it comes to strength training. The focus of in-season is mainly improving our stability. Improving our stability. And we talked before, what does that mean? The queen, the queen of the glutes, the glute med, the glute min, the TFL. Those muscles on the outside of your hip, when you're on one leg, the muscles that are controlling your pelvis, giving you stability, and our core... That's your foundation. We're working on in season improving our stability. Also, we're doing maintenance mode. If you think about it, we're not trying to make any major improvements or really break down the other muscles, the king, the cankle muscles. In season is mainly maintenance mode and improving stability. The focus of off season that's where it's gains mode baby g a i n z z for dramatic effect gains mode that's where we can really start to push it and really start to make some improvements in our power when we push with the tush we get more power out of your tush you ask rightfully so matt what is the point of strength training if it's just maintenance for the in season well that's a great question. Thank you. I love you. You're always challenging me with these great questions. I thank you, whoever you are. Why do it? What's the point of it? Well, as we know, there's more benefits of strength training besides just breaking down muscle tissue. They show a lot of these improvements that happen are neurological adaptations. And what we mean by that is muscles are plugged in by a nerve. They have a certain flow. Think about a water hose. There's a flow through a hose. It nourishes different flowers. Nerves go to muscles. They they nourish muscles. A lot of times when we see these training adaptations, there's less of what we call inhibition. The muscles are firing more effectively. You're getting greater input. There's still so many benefits of strategic movement, but it doesn't have to be with resistance training to get that benefit. In a perfect world, this is what it would look like. Off season, gains mode. You're improving, you're working on increasing your strength and your power. And then once in-season comes, you can work on maintenance for that. That's where it kind of plays in nicely. Off-season is where we're really trying to make those gains. Let's break this down more. What does this look like in a typical in-season versus off-season? Well, this is another way to look at it. In-season, body weight only. Only your body weight. We talked about for it to be strength training, it doesn't have to be with resistance. Your body itself, you can still do strength training with your body. In-season can be body weight only. Off-season can be where we add resistance to your body weight in the form of dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance bands, or adding more, more than your body. In a typical how many times per week, In season, how I typically structure it, and we'll go into this, one to two times per week, body weight only. Our goal is more stable. We're increasing our stability of the queen and maintenance. We're just trying not to lose what we worked on in the off season with our cankle muscles, our quadriceps and our calves, and our glute max, the king of the tush. Off season three times per week we're working on body weight plus resistance and that is where we're working on we're still working on the queen that's how powerful and important she is we're still working on her all year long but we're working on now more push power from the king we're working on the cankle muscles the quad and the calves we're trying to help with hills we're trying to help with shock absorption and that's where we can add resistance to it three times per week in the off season. When do we train queen, king, cankle? So, when in season versus off season? When should we incorporate this in our routine, in our weekly routines? In season, this is how I do it, and I'll tell you the reasoning behind, and you can apply this to your programs or you'll see why I do it with my programs. I do a Wednesday Friday split. Wednesdays is bodyweight Wednesdays, where you're doing all three groups the king, the queen, and the cankle. Bodyweight exercises, you're hitting those groups. Friday is still the queen. She's so important. We got to keep her happy, keep her stable. We got to keep her stable to be stable. And cross training. But I'm going to talk today about how we're going to actually use cross training or how we can use cross training to also strength train. Here's what it looks like. Wednesday, we've got single leg step ups, we've got reverse lunges, we've got banded side steps. That way we hit all three. And I like to do a body weight exercises plus a run, and that run is very low intensity. I would say gear one, we've talked before about gear one, gear two, gear three. Gear one is a conversational intensity for 20 minutes. And you ask Matt, why would you do body weight exercises first, and then run. I like to just be productive. And if I can fatigue my legs out before going on a run, and I know the point of the run isn't to challenge my heart, challenge my lungs to really push the envelope, I'm only in gear one, I can make it beneficial. I can make it even more beneficial even though I'm running at a lower intensity by having my muscles already fatigued. I mean, We see this a lot with tons of different things of Asking the body to work in an environment that's less than ideal. You've probably heard of blood flow restriction strengthening or resistance training where they put a blood pressure cuff or they restrict blood flow. They ask the muscles to work in that environment and it helps to stimulate and helps to increase your body's own natural improvements. So if we can, long story short, if I can fatigue your legs out and then ask you to run, we're getting more benefit beyond just the body weight. That's why I like to do body weight and then run. Fridays, the queen plus cross-training. I like to do a kind of a sandwich, queen exercise, cross-training, queen. Example could be single leg RDLs, Romanian deadlifts with a dumbbell amplifier. That's where you hold a dumbbell on the opposite leg. Stairmaster for 20 minutes. And you could follow that up by a standard side taps taps with a band, with a resistance band around just above your knees, to challenge both legs, open chain and closed chain for the glute med or the queen. Off season, what do we got? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every single day, we're working all three groups, all three categories, king, queen, cankle. But Monday and Friday, we're adding resistance. We're adding more than just your body weight. We're challenging more and how we use the muscles with running. Wednesday, we're still using all three muscle groups, but it's body weight only. That way, we're sandwiching in the middle a less intense, a less load day. And I really like this day to capitalize on being barefoot, When I'm doing the strength training exercise, being barefoot and challenging the intrinsic muscles of your feet, intrinsic just means where muscles start and finish, we've talked before. Muscles have a starting point and ending point. When a muscle starts and ends in the foot, that's called intrinsic, versus extrinsic is where it starts outside of the foot and inserts into the foot, like your calf muscle, or your tibialis anterior, for example. That's the off season, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all three groups. The intention is more and how, but middle of the week. Wednesday, it's body weight only, and we're barefoot. Let's get into the meat of this, the double dipping, cross training, and strength training. What is the purpose of cross training? What is cross training? Simply put, cross training is finding a way to challenge your heart and your lungs and your legs without the impact of running a different way. Examples are swimming, rowing, biking, canoeing, you name it. Those are examples of we can still get your heart rate up into different zones, training zones, without that impact, without the foot coming off the ground, coming back to the ground, without dealing with that impact load. But how can we get two birds with one stone What's a way that we could do both cross training to get the benefits of challenging your heart and your lungs, but how can we also get the the benefit of challenging your legs? Well, here's where if you use a machine, again, not all cross-training is created equal, but this is a way that you could do both. You could do both strength training and cross-training. What we can do is we can use machines like, I'm gonna name three and I'm gonna name them in order of least to greatest amount of challenge and we'll see what these all have in common. Elliptical, a bike, a stationary bike, and a Stairmaster. What do all these three have in common? They all challenge the king, the glute max, they all challenge the cankle muscles, the calves and the quads, But because it's not on one foot, because we're grounded the whole time, there's benefit because it's less impact, but we're not getting the queen. We're not getting the stabilizing muscles, and that's why we do a queen exercise before and after. But because we challenge those same muscles, the muscles we're trying to get, we can actually use resistance on the machine to work as resistance training or strength training. Let me give you an example. We can use, there's on all these equipments, whether it's the Stairmaster, whether it's a bike, whether it's elliptical, there's a dial that you can increase the resistance, increase the resistance to you pedaling. You pedal, it's smooth, it's easy, you increase the resistance, and oh man, this got really hard. What you can do to get two birds with one stone is we can do intervals. We can do a minute on, minute off. That minute on, we're increasing the resistance. We're thinking of it like, it's almost like a mini leg press if we're using the bike. We're doing a minute on, minute off. And so with that, with those intervals, minute on, minute off, and we repeat that, how would we pick it? What would we choose? What would it be the level? We go based off a of feeling. All these different equipments, there's going to be different levels, different machines. A level six might be different. But we want to think, remember back in earlier podcast where I talked about interval training and I talked about having different gears and you had this recovery gear, gear one, you had a gear where we were running a little faster and running slower and recovering. Think of this like we're going to have a recovery level with taking the resistance off. And then we're going to have a part where we're challenging with the resistance on. What do it look like? You do intervals. First one, we have a minute. We're doing everything for a minute. Minute on, minute off. So elliptical. Crank it up to six. I might test it out first. All right, this level six, how does it feel? Do I feel like I could successfully complete a minute at this intensity level, but still pull back and recover? And if the answer is no, it's too much. We gotta pull it back. We also don't want it to be such that we could do this for five minutes. Ideally, it's something that you could do for a lot longer, about a minute and a half to two minutes total, but what's gonna happen is as the intervals go on, two, three, four. By the time we're getting towards the end, you're going to be struggling. You're going to be struggling with that resistance level, and you can adjust it and adapt it, but the key is during the end of that minute, you want to still be able to pull it back and recover within that minute. It's not going to feel great. That's not the point. It's going to challenge you but we wanna be able to not overdo it, not make it too little, not make it too much. And so what this is gonna do is we're gonna challenge the quads, the the calves, the glutes, minute on, minute off. And we're still getting our heart rate up. And what I like to do is for about two thirds of it, let's say 30 minutes on the bike. For 20 minutes, I'm doing 10 intervals of minute on, minute off, minute on, minute off. Taking resistance up, taking it down, up, down. And then the last 10 minutes, that's where I wanna do a little more cardio. Lower the resistance, and I'm gonna try to pick up the intensity a little bit more for 10 minutes. And again, before and after we've sandwiched this inside, two queen exercises. Let's talk a little bit about the elliptical versus bike versus Stairmaster. Why is the elliptical on here? We're upright. It does somewhat mimic the mechanics of running. Because your feet are constantly in contact with the step, with the surface, there's no impact. Impact is created when the foot comes off and every action equal and opposite when you land. Because we're constantly in contact with the step, there is no impact. But the nice thing is when we do increase this resistance, it can challenge our legs more. What about the bike? And should we clip in or not? If we have the option, if we can have our foot tethered down or strapped down or or clipped in, should we do it? Here's my opinion, and just so you know, there's no right or wrong. But if you clip in, or if you're strapped in, you can then use that same leg muscle both with pushing and pulling. We talked about I'm not a huge fan of pulling with running, but when we're doing this and we're trying to still work the core motions, lotion, we can then use our hamstrings, which is a good way to challenge the muscles that are our non-anti-shin-kicking muscles to bring our foot back, to prevent the over-striding or the breaking. When in doubt, I like to clip in or use a strap. That way we can recruit more muscles. Same idea. We're doing this downwards motion. We're pushing down. This is so quad dominant. And this can help with what? Pills. Stairmaster. Oh, this is, so I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, but Stairmaster is a great way to truly challenge all three, all three groups as far as the, the cankle, the the tush, the queen, and the king. And because it's on one leg, while we are picking the other leg up, we are getting some of that stability. But we're getting calf. And what you can do is you can increase the, the number. It's not going to change the resistance. It's always going to be the same level step that you're keeping up with. But as you increase the, the the number, the level, it starts moving faster. You have to move faster to keep up. I love, I will do this fairly often in I don't, if I hold on, it's just a, for a little balance. If you're taking all your body weight off, we're kind of missing out on the point. But I'll go level three or four, where it's moving at a decent pace, not bad, but I can recover, and then I increase it, where I'm working, I'm keeping up with it, and I can't wait for that minute to come up, I pull it back, I recover. Just like with running, it doesn't feel great right away. But if you have that faith, if you hold on to it, if you trust in the process, you're recovering, your heart rate will go down, your legs will feel less tight. Stairmaster is a great way to double dip both cardio and cross training. We talked about this, so quickly I wanna mention, just because I said, I don't, I'll make it clear, swimming is great, rowing is great, but if we're trying to find a way to get two birds with one stone, This is it, using these machines. Could you use swimming for another reason? Absolutely. The buoyancy of the water, the heat, your horizontal. You can still motion as lotion. We can get resistance in all different planes. It can be way less impact. That can be a great way to still uh, increase your heart rate without impact. It's not saying don't do those things, but this is a way you can get two birds with one stone and you can combine both strength training and cross-training. I do not recommend running on this day. This is cross-training, so we got a Wednesday, Friday. Wednesday, Friday. In the routines that I do, I have Saturday, the next day for this, off. Sunday is the long run. This can be adjusted, but just to give you an idea. Let's wrap this series up. We did a, talked about a whole lot. Let's talk about some of the key points. We talked about you wanna train the muscles how and more than running. And what we mean by that is, we wanna challenge the same muscles that we use, how we use them when we run. For example, the glute need, the queen. We see people doing clamshells. Again, not wrong, but if we're trying to make this beneficial for strength training, we have to use the muscles how. And what we mean by that is, When I'm doing clamshells, I'm horizontal, I'm on my side, I'm doing concentric, eccentric, the muscles lengthening and shortening, versus how we use that muscle is stability. Isometrically, it's keeping our pelvis stable. We want to make sure we train it how. When it comes to more, our body always adapts to the demands placed on it. If we're going out and running 2,000 steps, if we're only doing a couple reps and we're not challenging the muscles how and more than they're challenged when we run, we're not going to see as much benefit. From strength training, the muscles have three functions they lift, they hold, and they lower, either our body or objects. We talked about the queen of the glutes is on the side that keeps your hips, pelvis, your pelvis level. We talked about the king of the glutes is on the back side, the push with a tush. We talked about the hip flexors on the front that I don't recommend strengthening those due to one, I don't recommend using those muscles when you run, and two, just based off of their anatomy. It's a third class lever of the hip, where the hip flexor inserts into the femur. It's like picking up a long piece of wood by the very end. It's at such a mechanical disadvantage that we're putting a tremendous stress through the insertion of our hip flexor. Then we worked our way down the leg. We talked about the knee and the ankle, the cankle muscles. We talked about when we use the muscles when we're grounded versus airborne. Grounded is when we use and how we use the cankle muscles, which are the quadriceps and the calf muscles. We talked about the main goal, the mission of team cankle is always cushioning for the tush-push-ing, depends on which one way you ask them, but will work overtime for hills. We talked about when you're airborne, that's where we have the anti-shin bonking stage. You're in the air, you're right before your foot makes contact with the ground, you wanna use your hamstring to not bonk your shin on the cart in front of you, and you're pulling the foot towards you, you're initiating that landing and loading the weight closer to your center of mass. We talked about that's how the muscles around the knee work and the hip when it comes to when we're airborne or open chain. We talked about the front of the shin or the ankle muscles. I want to have a hopefully an aha moment here. Muscles on the front of my body, if we're trying to move forward, when it comes to being grounded, when it comes to being on land, if I want to move forward... I push backwards, I have to push the ground backwards for my body to move forward. My hip flexors, they can't push us forward, they pull up. Same with our ankle dorsiflexors or the tibialis anterior or that drawbridge motion of the ankle, the opposite of pushing on the gas, to have more strength of your hip flexors and your ankle dorsiflexors when the main role is just toe clearance. We're just making sure we have enough motion talked before about if someone can lift 40 pounds versus 60 pounds with their ankle with the drawbridge motion with dorsiflexion their performance isn't going to be any better we talk about mainly range of motion is really important with these joints at the hip and at the ankle but the muscles on the front end of the hip and the front of the ankle i don't recommend them for resistance training for those reasons we don't use them and there's not a point to it And we talked about three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for off season, for the gains, in season, it's Wednesday, Friday, or two days a week. Both days we're working on the queen or stability, and only one day we're doing body weight for all this. One day we're doing body weight exercises for all three groups. Do you wanna know the recipe to running smarter, safer, and faster? Join the Learn to Run Club. Here's how it goes. I get to meet you. It's so fun. You join the club. You fill out an intake form, you send that to me or it gets sent to me, you video yourself, I tell you how to do it, you send it to me, we Zoom, we share the screen, we talk, we get to know each other, I get to go over your mechanics with you, I give you an action plan, we talk about what training might be best for you, I answer any questions that you may have. And I love feeling connected. I don't just like talking to myself and hearing myself talk. I do this to connect. I would love it to to work with you. You can visit www.l2rc, stands for club.com Prices are gonna increase October 1st. Right now it's super cheap. It's only $69.97 for three month membership, which includes that video analysis that you send it to me. So go ahead and grab it for, and lock in your price before the prices go up. I want to thank Omega Sports. They have been keeping the Carolinas moving forward for over 40 years. I highly recommend checking them out locally or online. Of note, the views and opinions of this show do not reflect those of Omega Sports. For better or for worse, they are my own. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really try hard to give you valuable information that you can immediately apply to your practice, to your mechanics, to whatever it is you do just to be helpful. If you want to vote, you can vote on the topics by either follow me on Instagram or you can email the show at info at to run one hundred one And that will be in the show notes. And you can really help support us here at Omega me at learn to run By sharing this podcast, writing a review, I love doing this for you and I want to do this as long as I can and your help and you helping to spread the word helps to get this word and this information out to more people. The Omega Sports Learn to Run podcast is available on all major platforms. Until next time, bye!